So, I think I've talked about this before, but I just wanted to talk about it one more time. Because, you know, as of late, a lot of people have been, you know, bringing up Ken Penders and how he basically may have not told the truth and everything. And, you know, when it came to ownership of certain characters and, and stuff like that and... And the reason people bring this up suddenly again, um, well, not suddenly, but once again, I should say, uh, this past week, is, you know, due to the fact that two days ago, that being the 19th of this month, July, uh, marked five years since the Archie book uh, officially came to a close basically since um, Archie's you know ended ties if you will uh, they ended ties um, with um, with well, I should say Sega several ties if you will with with Archie they basically ended a partnership and then, not that long after, you know, San Diego Comic-Con, which ironically is also coming up uh, this weekend for the first time in about, what, two, three years. Um, at San Diego Comic-Con, they made the announcement that they had struck a deal with uh, IDW, where we currently are now when it comes to the Sonic book. And, of course, ever since then, and up till now, Fans were always hoping uh, that we would get the Freedom Fighters in the IDW book. And even though in the Sonic Forces, I guess you could say, epilogue books before the official book, you know, we did get like little pictures of, of Bunny and, and, and Sally in the background in one panel where Rouge was, I think, talking to Shadow. Or something will communicate with Shadow from an office. So we got that, and that's all we got since then. And fans have always wanted more about that, or more to that. And Ian Flynn, even though he said he's fighting, he's campaigning to to get the the characters in. You know, nothing um, as of significance. Um, has happened. Nothing of significance, um, if you will, um, you know, has, uh, has happened. I'm just adjusting the mic there. I do apologize. But yeah, nothing of significance um, has happened. Just uh, checking something. Okay, just checking something there, but like I said, nothing of significance, you know, has, um, has happened. So, yeah, the reason this is brought up again is because of the fact that they still blame, and in a sense, as I said in one video previously, rightfully so, uh, Ken for, for the characters not being there anymore because of his lawsuit and everything. 
Now, here's the thing. Um, as I said before, this can take, you know, a lot of the blame. Absolutely. He takes a lot of the blame. You know, he has to share it. There's no getting around that thumb. The thumb can pinders. There's no getting around it. You know, he has to share the blame. You know, because if it wasn't for him, the characters would still be around. And uh, he knows that. He absolutely knows that. So, you know, yeah, he does take some of the blame, but again, Ian Flynn, you know, needs to share responsibility too, because, you know, he, he at least should have spoke up. I mean, if he heard rumblings and stuff, happening, he should have at least spoke up, but he didn't, and even if he did, you know, hear some rumblings, he should have at least let the fans, you know, be informed that, hey, change is coming, it may not be what you, you know, what you'll like or what you support, but this is why the change is coming, you know, at least give us a clue, if you know what I mean, but again, he didn't even do that. However, though, that's not entirely what the video I'm doing here is about, because I'm here to talk about one particular thing, one particular moment, if you will, uh, when it came to the comic. And that particular moment has to do with one of his convinced storylines uh, being altered, and I've mentioned it before. Now, we know... He was upset when Locke got killed off because that's his character and obviously they didn't, Ian Flynn didn't have permission to do that. You know, or get his consent, you know, to do that. Or do any of the other significant changes that he did when it came to the characters of the Echidnas or any of the characters uh, can it create. So obviously, you know, that played a part, but there was one particular story that played more of a significant part, I think, or at least got the ball rolling. One continuity or story arc that got the ball rolling. And Ken deciding to copyright his characters at the behest of his wife, or so he says. Now, the story arc that I'm talking about, that I believe began the downward spiral, if you will, of Ken copywriting, you know, his characters and taking Archie to court, you know, over that, wasn't because of what he did with the Echidna, or not, be it wasn't because, I should say, what Ian Flynn did with the Echidnas, no. It wasn't that. It was mainly because of the fact that there was a story 
There's a story that um, that Ken originally wrote called uh, Mobius Years Later. And basically the story originated um, in 134. Yes, that 134 issue of Archie Sonic with the infamous slap in the main story. And it depicted the characters not only grown up but married and having kids of their own you know, or in some cases teenagers of their own. And um, the reason this story I think or this continuity I believe got the ball rolling in Ken's decision to copyright his characters um, was mainly because of the fact that and I, I know there's an argument about this here and there but it was mainly because of the fact that from what I understood when I first read the story arc uh, when Ken wrote it was that you know, the future that he was depicting these characters in. You know, Sonic and Sally being married and being king and queen. Having teenage son and daughter named Manic and Sonya. Basically, you know, a tribute or an homage to Sonic Underground. You know, that uh, debuted years before. To Lala Sue, Knuckles and Julie Sue's daughter. And such. Um... The significance about the story arc, from what I remember, is Ken, I believe in his own words, wanted this to be the true future. That's what is, you know, what he said. You know, he, sorry for the pause there thinking about what I was going to say. Well, like I said, he, from what I understood, wanted Mobius years later to be the future. You know, the true future. Or, as he's interpreted and kind of changed the story of, one of the possible futures. You know, nothing, not a what-if deal. You know, not an alternate zone or dimension or anything like that. He wanted Mobius years later, or 25 years later as it was known, to be uh, the future, or at least one of the possible futures. Basically, this was, in his mind, uh, the, the outcome that was going to be. How we got there, you know, from a continuity standpoint, um, I think he was... In my opinion, I think he was planning to talk about, or at least showcase, uh, in a follow-up, because he did have a follow-up uh, planned. You know, you know, had he remained with the book, he had a follow-up planned, but that never happened. But I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that he planned to kind of expand on that storytelling of. You know, how we got, I mean, he does kind of give a hint 
in the main story of how we possibly got to the future that we're at. But, you know, that was, that was about it. You know, that was about it. But he had gone on record originally from what I remember and said that this was the future. This was, you know, the future of the Freedom Fighters. This was the future of, you know, of Sonic and Sally, you know, of Knuckles and Julie Sue and, and so on. You know, of Tails and Mino, Mina, um, if you will. This was the, this was the future. And what happened is that when Ian took over and decided to resume Mobius years later um, as a side project, you know, as, you know, as a, as a, um, you know, a side project basically um, for the main book, uh, kind of like its own little um, individual story and then, you know, um, uh, its own follow-up to that side project. Basically, Ian Flynn, um, what he did was, well, he, uh, uh, to use it as an example, to use it as an example, um, to use it as an example, um, Ian Flynn uh, was kind of like the new director, if you will, taking over for the original director. So when he, so like when, when studios get a new writer or a new director for the sequel to a hit film, you know, obviously they're either going to stay true to what the original material, source material was, or they're going to change it where it'll be, you know, completely different. It'll be something, you know, that, you know, has a connection to the original continuity-wise, but is going off in a different direction that some would say makes sense and some would say doesn't make sense or some say will connect and doesn't connect and you know when when it comes to Mobius years later that's kind of what it was I mean Ken had one vision Ian Flynn went off and when he did the sequel if you will the follow-up that Ken originally wanted to do but to probably also probably obviously do it differently uh, when Ian decided to take that, you know, opportunity or take the will on that, you know, yeah, he gave, some would say he gave a satisfactory ending, you know, at the time, but it was like, okay, you know, why is Sally now married, but there were so many questions, like, you know, why was Sally married to Shadow, and, you know, Ken, I think, did say he had something planned like that, and, but, you know, going a little further, you know, like, okay, why is Ling Da now evil again when she was, like, kind of in the middle and more on the side of good? There was just a lot of questions, you know, a lot of questions that fans wanted answered. Even Ken, I think, wanted answered, too. Like, there was some of his ideas being used, but, you know, um... You know, like I said, there were some of his ideas being used, but not all of them, and some of them that were used were changed uh, significantly. But you're probably wondering to yourself, well, 
you know, Ian doing his own continuation and follow-up to the original story, that isn't bad, right? You know, at least he's still, you know, confirming what Ken wanted, that it that this is the future, right? Or at least one of the possible futures. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, what Ken had planned was similar, it seems like, but totally different. Like he, like he planned, like the way he ended the original story, it was on a cliffhanger. But, you know, he seemed to have some resolution to where it was going to go in a similar direction, but differently. Like, like he had plans where I guess Sonic, the future Sonic would go back in time. I'm, but then come back, or something. And, um, you know, it just, you know, it just, you know, it just didn't work out, you know, you know, it just didn't work out, um, the way he was planning, the way he was hoping. So, even though it did kind of follow what he wanted, there were changes in there that even he kind of pointed out. And one significant change that he pointed out that was noted later on when Ian brought it up was the fact that, you know, this wasn't the future that Ken said was one of the possible futures or the future of the, of the continuity. Instead, it was now viewed as an alternate future or a what-if future. And that didn't sit well with Ken. Ken didn't like that. He, he argued that. But then, later on, um, basically later on, they decided to, I guess, take it a step further when they did a whole four-part Sonic Universe a story based on Mobius years later, this con this time called 30 years later, you know, kind of a follow-up to what Ian had created, and now it wasn't just viewed as, viewed it, it wasn't just viewed um, as a, you know, as a possible, you know, alternate future and all that, or what-if future, it was now looked at as an alternate dimension because the character they involved in this follow-up was Silver and they made it sound like in the story that Silver had gone to an alternate dimension an alternate timeline or an alternate future basically another world similar if not identical to the Sonic Prime world or Mobius Prime world so so yeah, once that got revealed that, hey, it may, it may not be a what-if or alternate timeline or alternate future or what-if scenario, there was also an alternate dimension, identical to the, to the original dimension. Yeah, that didn't sit well with Ken. And I think because of that, not just because of the whole Echidna thing, you know, as well, or the behest of his wife to copyright his characters, which you can believe and take with a grain of salt uh, when he mentions that. But I think it was this 
the Mobius years later situation that got the ball rolling and it not being uh, continued on as being one of the possible futures, true futures of the prime continuity of the book, in my opinion. That's and that's the way I see it because I because when you connect the dots, honestly, it makes a lot of sense. Like I said, you know, it just makes a lot of sense that like I said, it just this makes a lot of sense in my opinion that that's where I feel the ball started to get rolling, you know, when this all happened, you know, so that's how I feel what makes sense. But yeah, that's, again, clothing, that's just my opinion, I could be wrong, but I've always felt that just because of the timing of it and his reaction, not just along with what Ian did otherwise to some of his you know, you know, as resolution to some of his other story arcs, as, as well as, you know, resolution to the other characters he created. You know, I don't think it's just, you know, all of that that, you know, made Ken decide, again, to copyright his characters at the behest of his wife. Whether you believe that or you don't, take it with a grain of salt. But I think it was when they changed the status of what Mobius years later was. From being a possible one of a few possible futures or one of the true possible futures for the prime continuity to a you know what if um, alternate timeline then later on alternate dimension timeline um, you know uh, version I think when the changes of that status were made that is when the ball started to get rolling in my opinion but what do you guys think what are your thoughts? Do you think I'm just grasping for straws? Or do you think I have a point here? Let me know down below in the comments as well as in the live chat during the premiere. Like the video. Super chat, super stickers will be enabled after. I mean, not after, but during the live chat of the premiere. Super thanks afterwards. The podcast, you will also hear this on my BW Roses Discussion podcast. Uh, but let me know what your guys' thoughts are. Again, it's just my opinion. But when you kind of look at, you know, the timeline of, of how things domino affected, I think it started here, in my opinion. I truly do. Uh, but let me know what your thoughts are down below. Check out the Teespring store. Until then, I'm out.